This week marks one year since Russia invaded Ukraine, sparking a conflict that changed the world. To consider with the anniversary, Russia is now believed to be planning a new offensive. And US Vice President Kamala Harris has called on the West to speed up military supplies to Kyiv, accusing Russia of committing crimes against humanity. In the case of Russia's actions in Ukraine, we have examined the evidence. We know the legal standards and there is no doubt these are crimes against humanity. That's US Vice President Kamala Harris addressing world leaders at the Munich Security Conference. Joining us this morning to discuss the conflict is Ole Rybachuk. He's a former state secretary of Ukraine and retired US Brigadier General Peter Zwak, a former US attaché to the Russian Federation during Russia's invasion of Crimea in 2014. Welcome to both of you. Hi. Good morning, Australia. I want to begin with you, Peter. Russia and the world expected Ukraine to be defeated very quickly, yet here we are 12 months later with no end in sight. Is Russia preparing for a grinding war of attrition? Um, again, uh, good morning. I believe uh, that uh, the Russians are in for the long course. Um, it's going to be hard. It's going to be ugly. Um, um, there are some aspects in the Central Front that uh, Australians know. It's a bit like this, like World War One trench fighting. Um, but the Russians, I believe, um, in the added manpower they're throwing in, um, are are showing um, a lot of vulnerabilities. Uh, and with with that uh, ma manpower comes a lot of clumsiness and a lot of casualties. And in all of this, I believe Russia is brittle. And I don't know what their breaking point is uh, among their military or domestically. It's somewhere out there. But the tragedy is, is this is really hard on the uh, very, very uh, determined uh, plucky Ukrainians who are giving it, it all, and it is grinding them as well. It's mm. a bit like, uh, not in the same scale, it's a little bit like Verdun in 1916, just uh, uh, the Russians are just trying to grind them out. They're trying to put the Russians in a, in a artillery bear hug, to use a term, uh, where it's close. Uh, but they're, they're, they're losing a lot of people and, uh, uh, and there's increasing angst in Russia, though, they, though the regime puts on a good face and the disinformation is powerful. Uh, Ole, it was just described there by Peter as it's going to be long uh, and it's going to be hard. It's going to be ugly. We know that the Ukrainian people have really won global admiration for being so resilient. But can they sustain it? And how long do you think will will this last? And can they really keep keep at it for all of that time as it grinds on? Well, uh, I am absolutely sure it's not about... Uh, Ukraine versus Russia. It's uh, well, authority, authoritarian versus democracies, and uh, it's absolutely understandable. Russia considers itself empire. Uh, they call that they are like empire, like there was Tsarist empire, then there was Soviet Union, 
also empire. And now they say that they are empire, and there is no such thing as Ukrainians or other colonies. They all live on Russian territory. But because they suffer horrible losses, they can't explain to their own people that they cannot win uh, Ukraine, which for them is not even a nation or a failed state, as they said. Therefore, now they convince themselves and they convinced all their practically citizens that they are fighting against NATO, against the West, against all democracies. And therefore, it's now not overstatement. So if we are doubting ability of democratic world, and we have coalition like, I don't know, 40 in Rammstein, 40, sometimes 50 countries, and we doubt that this alliance can beat absolutely crazy Russians. And here we remind, uh, I, I would get you back to what Camilla uh, Harris was saying, that this is clearly a terrorist state. And she said even more that there is no doubt about ability to win. And when we define what is actually winning Russia, because when I listen to, to Macron, I'm really, my, I, I speak French quite good, but I don't understand the difference between defeating Russia, but not crushing. It's like, okay, we should beat, we should uh, just beat uh, a lot of shit out of Putin, but not all of it. We should leave something. And here is very dangerous because if the empire would not be beaten, then you have your neighbor, China, you have others. You know that other uh, dictators are looking. Would they be brought to justice or not? So I'm not, I have no doubt in military results. But uh, we can only lose this war if the West, the democratic world, stopped providing us mm. with weapons. Now we are using roughly 1% of potential uh, uh, weapons of, 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 of uh, democracies. So 1% is not so much. And if you talk about absolute figures, also not so much. So that's, that's, that's my belief. Mm. I cannot imagine how democracy really can lose this war because there would be new world agenda. Right, so you're saying the the West or Ukraine must win. But, Peter, I want to bring you in because uh, there's a big expectation of a new Russian offensive. What do you expect that to look like, Peter? And with all of the all of the help that Ukraine has got now from the West in terms of uh, military help, is that going to be enough? I believe, in it, again, it will be tough. But with the uh, added support um, and, again, the fundamental determination and skill of the Ukrainians, they will beat back um, um, a, a, a major Russian offensive. I think a, uh, we have to remember that uh, the, probably the tens of thousands or, or, or 150,000 it'll be uh, across the East, and they may, the Russians may try to reopen fronts up uh, in the uh, up in the uh, in, in the uh, northwest so you expect uh, them to actually reopen some fronts uh, park. Um, um, but i don't think the russian troops the fundamental stock of troops uh, they're not well trained most of them are conscripts and forced to serve They've heard this is an awful war. As my colleague said, yes, they have gotten 
you know, uh, patriotic um, um, statements from the regime and they're fighting for Mother Russia against the West and and uh, Ukraine is a proto-Nazi state. But but I think it gets out that uh, this can only this narrative can only go so the bottom line, the Russians uh, are going to come there. They've already out in Vuvar, uh lost the bulk of two uh, 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 naval infantry brigades in the last week. And and whether it's part of the beginning of the offensive or whatever, the Ukrainians still have a lot of battlefield skill. They're not small either. And they are going to get more weapons, though we worry not just about the weapons uh, per se, but the high expenditure of artillery and rocket rounds, um, um, which, uh, because this is... Um, High intensity war. I believe the Russian, the the Ukrainians will beat back the Russian offensive. May they may have to give ground, but uh, I don't believe this is a war winner for the Russians. And what we have seen with the Ukrainians, they're very they're very um, adaptable, and they may have a few cards up their sleeve mm. uh, in their own. Um, you know, countering the uh, the, the Russian offensive. Uh, with one of their own. That's an interesting point. Ole, I want to put that to you. Um, do you think that the Ukrainians might have to give some ground? And what could they have up their sleeves? Uh, you think uh, uh, when we are talking about how the war can end, whether we can uh, swap some uh, territories for peace? Do you mean this? Yeah, I mean... Or you uh, mean- Will will uh, Russia no. be able to advance and regain some territories? Well, uh, I, I have well talking about any attempts. There, China's initiative would be there. There are many uh, now uh, guys wanting to be uh, peacemakers between Ukraine and Russia. Any formula where uh, they are saying that we should give Russia something in exchange for peace is out of question. 90% of Ukrainians disagree. And this is very important to understand what they feel. Right now I'm in Kyiv. Kyiv now is all in lights. For a week, we had no energy uh, cuts. But when Kyiv was totally dark, uh, the mood was the same. We are not going to surrender. We are strongly motivated to fight. And we know that if we would let Russians take part of our territory. First of all, all our citizens who are on those territories would be subject to terrorism. They mostly would be killed or sent to concentration camps to Russia. But mostly important, we clearly understand that there is no way back for us. You shouldn't, uh, we are not asking ourselves, can we compromise, can we lose? We can either win or die. And this is not pathetic words. This is something every Ukrainian feel. Like 87% of Ukrainians are saying that even if there is uh, local or tactical nuclear strikes, we are going to fight. 90% of Ukrainians believe in our victory. So mm. the only way where we can lose means if the West would just disintegrate. And this is something Putin was counting on. But again, it's the issue of democracy. Yeah. For U.S., to lose this war would be totally disaster. I mean, for, for President Biden and for, for American administration, uh, U.S. would lose all the leverage 
and practically would demonstrate that uh, Putin and people like Putin, Xi Jinping or others, uh, dictators, they are stronger and they would be defining next uh, world order. Do we want this? Can we afford this? I don't think so. Peter, I want to bring you back in. I know you were saying you wanted to clarify. I mean, you said that perhaps they may have to give ground. What were you alluding to? By that, that it might, they might like in the summer, they had to give up uh, uh, Lusychansk and several Donetsk. Those are tactical. Ah. They, they pull back. Uh, I, we don't know what's going to happen around uh, Bakhmut. But uh, I agree with my counterpart, everything that I've heard and read. Um, that um, um, if the Ukrainians want to fight for all of their country that's been occupied, the West um, uh, or free-minded nations of the world, certainly the United States, are going to support them. And Putin was counting on fracturing that support, and he got something completely different. I don't think he could have imagined a year ago with this uh, monstrous invasion that a, a few months afterward, Finland and Sweden, neutral, say, we want to be in NATO. This has been a, a disaster for the Russians. Oh, no, the Ukrainians are going to fight. They're going to fight hard. Um, uh, they're going to reject ceasefires and negotiations over lands where the Russians are sitting. Uh, and I guess the only question out there is all the way back to the borders and Crimea, um, um, and, and the back and forth and that, and may very well be that. Well, at what point might Ukraine feel it has a st- strong enough hand to negotiate a peace deal with Moscow? I mean, looking to a potential end to this conflict, what could that look like? Well, we, we repeated it many times, and now probably uh, sometimes there would be an international conference disca- discussing how Ukrainians understand peace. Uh, well, number one, uh, Russians are out of our country. Number two, they are brought to uh, accountability what Vice President said, that, well, Russia is clearly committing international crimes. If there is any definition of genocide or crimes against humanity, we have thousands of proofs and just Camilla. I uh, just repeated that in Munich. We, we are documenting proofs. Everybody who is watching what's going on has, this is 21st century. Your, your, your correspondents are making live reports showing those horrible crimes. So there is a country, a terrorist country. It has its leaders and it has committed in one year enormous, huge, horrible uh, acts of of of. of uh, inhuman acts. So they must be brought to responsibility. They must be brought to court. Yeah, last time we brought to court was Milosevic. That was smaller country. What is dangerous nowadays that what Russians are saying, and there are some voices in the West saying, well, yes, we know who who was given the, the, the command to shoot uh, Niederlandische Boeing. It's Putin. Oh, but we can't keep him accountable because he is head of the state. Same story now. If you are head of the terrorist state and if you committed so much much crimes and the world, democratic world, doesn't want that to be repeated, that means the people who are responsible for all those crimes must be brought to justice. There must be criminal court or whatever court there. And that would be kind of guarantee that 
others would not follow that pace. For, for, for Australians, it's also very important, but you have your own neighbor there with problems. And then the last probably uh, point is uh, payment, just compensating for all the losses they did. Uh, because if this is if there is no responsibility for uh, from policy making for those who brought this war, and if the Russia as a terrorist state does not fully compensate, uh, then uh, uh, there would be no losses. So practically, this is uh, this is Ukrainian understanding of uh, what should be done that the world order would be restored and that the dictators in future would think twice before just attacking or annexing or making acts of genocide against their peaceful neighbours. Peter, US intelligence believes China is considering providing weaponry to Russia. Uh, It sparked a strong warning from the Secretary of State, Antony Blinken, over the weekend. If a deal like that came to pass, could it be a game changer for President Putin? I think Peter may have dropped out of that line. Oh, there you are, Peter. That's your question. Uh, I don't think so. Um, It will certainly make things harder. But um, if China gets caught in doing this, uh, unlike Russia, it is completely intertwined economically in the world, including Uh with my nation. And uh, this just makes it even harder on the Chinese. If I'm Xi Jinping, uh, yes, I certainly, in principle, want the Russians to uh, to succeed. And when uh, Putin came to Beijing in early February, I'm sure that something was said and, and Xi Jinping probably said, OK, you know, we do we support you. But don't get into trouble. Well, the Russians have gotten into a lot of trouble and they have getting at my colleagues point. They have woken up not just the West, but the free minded world to authoritarian, totalitarian activities and aggression, which is a word that's in the, um, um, in the um, uh, law, you know, uh, crimes against humanity. And this now makes it hard for China if it has its own ambitions and territorial aspirations. Um, uh, so if they confirm that and actually provide arms uh, or something overtly like Iran is doing, which is now a uber, uber pariah state, if that's possible, uh, this is hard. So China's got a devilishly balancing act, because if they do go that way, um, uh, a lot of the world is going to come back on them in a big way economically. That's above and beyond just the cost. But the last thing, the last thing the Chinese want are the Russians to fail or, in their mind, worse, that the Putin regime were to collapse and something came in its place that was a little bit more moderate, and that's no guarantee. Because mm-hmm. now China would have lost, if you will, its not biggest ally, but maybe its biggest partner uh, and its uh, eastern uh, and, and its western flank and, and a, a, a Security Council vote in the United Nations. So this has not played out. If I'm the Chinese, I'm quietly furious at the Russians for being as inept, uh, pulling the free-minded world together, and and now China is in this difficult position, and there's a saving face aspect and a pushback aspect with the balloons 
which now leads to this discussion. Are they going to support the Russians? And if they do, how do they do it? But it is actually very, very, I believe, uh, strategically, politically, economically dangerous ground for them. It's been such a fascinating conversation with both of you. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. All the best. Slavu Kanye. Retired U.S. Brigadier General Peter Zwak is the author of Swimming the Volga, a U.S. Army officer's experiences in pre-Putin Russia. And Ole Rybachuk is a former Deputy Prime Minister of Ukraine for European Integration. You're listening to ABC RM Breakfast. Stream any ABC radio station live and on the go. Discover new podcasts, music and audiobooks, all free on the ABC Listen app.